0: fly by when sports are cooking and they sure are as high school postseason action is either underway our teams are attempting to pile as many wins as possible for better seating when the seating meetings happen and set up playoff brackets edge of your seat podcast will have updates and chats with the coaches athletes putting in the work reaching the next level of playoffs checking off goals on the accomplishment list i'm your host brandon Lachance. You can listen to this show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the website rss.com/podcast. That's with an S, it's plural. Backslash edge of your seat podcast. Check out the socials: Facebook, edge of your seat podcast, Twitter, edge of your seat P. Follow, request, like, love, leave a comment, anything. We really appreciate it. It helps us out so much. Spread the word of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. And what we're trying to do here, and that's get the word out about Illinois, our sports, what we're doing. If you have any questions, suggestions, want to be a guest, know somebody that would be a good guest, have a problem or like anything I say, a guest says, anything of the sort, send an email, edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. And as always, much love. Shout out to Brian Cavelli, Cavelli Productions for the intro and outro beat of this very show. Which is brought to you by Mendota Ford, a community dealership that is here for you. So this is episode 237. We have all kinds of guests on this one. Hall of football senior Macroscedich and head coach Randy Teeman as this is his first year of his second campaign as a Hall Red Devils coach. Then we have two chats with coach Ryan Pearson. If you don't know, I am the play-by-play guy for Princeton football on WAJK 99.3. Throughout the season, every week before a game, we talk to Ryan Pearson about the team, about the game, what's going on. So we have week six and week seven. Today is October 8th, Saturday. There is games of week seven being played today, but a fair majority of them were played Friday, October 7th. So we're packing in two weeks of football together. I did speak to the Hall representatives before week six as well, but the storylines going on with Hall coming into the season, what's going on now are pretty cool, pretty crazy and need to be heard, need to be told what has happened since the chats. Obviously that happened before week six. Hall beat Kiwani 26-15 in week six action. Macris had three rushing touchdowns and one pass touchdown. The three rushing were for 46 yards, 85 yards, and 20. Eeh, getting it done. In week six, Princeton beat Newman 36-0. I was at that game and Sterling calling the action. And it was actually the closest contest Princeton has faced. Newman is not the powerhouse that we know them to be, but they are very fast and have great skill players. In a couple years, they're going to be back to being the Newman that we we knew. In that game, Augie Christensen had a touchdown 11-yard run. Brady Byers, a 6-yard run touchdown. Senior star quarterback Tegan Davis, a 1-yard QB keeper. Then Davis threw a pass to Augie Christensen for a 19-yard touchdown. CJ Hickey had a 3-yard rushing score. Week seven just happened yesterday in the Battle of the Undefeated. This was pretty much the Three Rivers Conference Mississippi Division Championship game. Princeton came in 6-0, 4-0 in the conference. St. Bede was 6-0, 3-0. Princeton dominated the action 56-7. Augie Christensen, the senior running back, had three touchdowns. Hall oh, fell by the man, 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 man. Saw a replay had been Looking at Twitter and Facebook comments, Newman beat Hall 2018 on a last-second 45-yard touchdown pass from senior JJ Castle to give the comments the win. However, I have seen and heard from fans that were there that Newman had 12 men on the field. There was a couple calls that refs missed that would have swung the game the other way. I wasn't there, so I can't say And as an official for volleyball and basketball, it is the hardest job on the planet to referee a game. So I am not dissing officials. It is sad for Hall. It is awesome for Newman. And unfortunately, sometimes that's just how the story goes. But JJ Castle made a great throw to win the game. I did hear from some parents that there may be a petition coming IHSA's way. This show is brought to you by... Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership that is dedicated to being community first. A small dealership in a smaller town. The staff of General Manager Ski Hartman and his associate Jason Hintz pride themselves in being here for you. They don't want to sell you one vehicle. They want to form a bond, a relationship, to get you every vehicle you want and cars, trucks, and SUVs for your friends and family. Ski has lived in Princeton since he was five years old. And has been with mendota ford for two years he has plenty of experience helping you with all of your vehicle needs as he has been in the motorcycle business for 20 years and over 10 years in car sales and management jason hints has been with mendota ford for seven years giving him the experience needed to help customers in every way possible you can purchase any vehicle off any lot in the mendota ford family ski and jason will make sure they track it down and hand you the keys with a little jingle jangle. To check out the many options on the lot, Mendota Ford is located just south of Mendota on Highway 251. To look ahead or find a vehicle on another lot, check out www.MendotaFord.com. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries with Mendota Ford. Let's get to the scores of week six action. St. B defeated Burrell Valley, 31-20. Mendota defeated Sherrard, 49-35. Sterling beat Quincy, 34-28. Geneseo shut out Alleman, 47-0. Dwight Gardner, South Wilmington, lost to Clifton Central, 48-36. Seneca picked up a forfeit win over Watseca. Anawan Wethersfield defeated Knoxville, 27-19. Plano lost to Johnsburg, 40 to 20. Rochelle picked up a big W over Marengo, 48 27. LaSalle, Peru, goose egged Woodstock, 24 to zero. Sycamore knocked off Caneland, 28 to seven. Morris lost to Richmond Burton, 31 seven. Ottawa beat Woodstock North by 21 points with a final of 33 to 12. Reed Custer still dominating its opponents Beat Wilmington 50-5. Cole City shut out Mantino 48-0. Hersher lost to Lyle 36-26. Streeter lost to Piatone 53-42. Fieldcrest fell to Tri-Valley 41-0. DeKalb picked up a victory over Wabonzi Valley 49-13. Byron trying to get back to a state championship bid. Shut out Rock Falls 63-0. Dixon beat Rockford Lutheran 22-19. Oregon had a shutout victory of their own as they beat Genoa Kingston 19-0. Marquette gave it to Leroy 40-17. And an eight-man football, Amboy beat Hiawatha 26-12. And Polo knocked off Prairie City 48-6. So heading into week seven, which was yesterday, Friday, October 7th. And there's games going on today, October 8th. A Saturday, and it is beautiful. A little chilly, a little windy, but it's beautiful weather, especially for football. So state rankings, heading into week seven. Class 1A, St. Bede was number six. Marquette was number 10, and Anwan weathersfield was receiving votes with seven. And 3A, Reed Custer's still number two with four number one votes. Princeton has been number four since after week one. The preseason, they were number six. They moved up to four, and that's where they've been ever since. This week, they received one first-place vote. Byron, number five, and Seneca, number nine. In 4A, Coal City is receiving two votes. And in 5A, Sycamore has moved up, as they were number six last week, they're number two, and received three number one votes, and Morris, after a loss last week, dropped from one to six, and Sterling is number eight. So being that the week is still going on, we're right in the middle of it. IHSA has not updated their website. No fear, I can get scores. We can find things here at Edge of Your Seat Podcast. So here's what we got for you. We already know Princeton beat St. Bede. We know Hall beat Newman. Other games in the area. LaSalle-Pru beat Ottawa 31-7. Morris knocked off Woodstock 61-0. Sycamore beat Woodstock North 48-15. Plano beat Harvard. 40-14. Rochelle knocked off Thorn Ridge, 61-8. An eight-man, Polo, put a beating on River Ridge, 60-14. Dixon beat Genoa Kingston, 21-13. Naperville Central knocked off DeKalb, 26-0. Reed Custer once again pummeling an opponent as they beat Streeter, 73-14. Cole City, two-touchdown lead over Piatone for the win, 28-14. Hersher fell to Mantino in overtime, 26-20. Anawan-Weathersfield beat Stark County, 34-13. Kiwani just edged Mendota, 35-34. Seneca beat Moments, 54-0. Geneseo fell to Quincy, 35-17. And Sterling stays dominant with a 56-19 victory over rock island those were your friday contests today on saturday we have amboy at prairie city marquette at Walter christian byron at oregon and fieldcrest at stockton those games getting underway in about two or three hours fantastic football going on seeing where the playoffs are gonna land teams or not land teams some kids are gonna be heartbroken they don't make it some kids are gonna slide in barely just because of a great win the storylines the dynamicness of high school football on full display in october there are pizza joints in almost every village town or city we talk about or represent on edge of your Sea podcast deep dish thin crust in between crust meats veggies cheese the works each of them have all of the options we're used to except ignea pizzeria napolitana The pizzeria located at 215, that's 215 Jefferson Street in Ottawa, is different than the norm. Ignia, meaning fiery in Italian, is exactly what you get as the traditional wood-fired oven Neapolitan pizza is topped with their fresh in-house mozzarella and San Marzano tomatoes. I love saying that slow, just so you get the taste, the excellence of those tomatoes. The meats are delicious. Veggies freshly, petitely cut, add in-house lemonade, and drinks and other food items unlike other menus, including dessert options, and it's a dining experience unlike any other. We've only spoken about half of the event, known as the night out at an exquisite establishment. Food, but what about the environment? Elegant, sleek, refined, fresh, new. If we're talking 2022, full of Drip kinda defines Ignea Pizzeria Napolitana but only you can find the right adjective to fit your experience ignea is open monday thursday and friday four to nine saturday noon to nine sunday noon to eight and closed on tuesdays and wednesdays call 815-324-9229 for carryout, delivery or to book a reservation although we love football we also love every other sport including golf golf postseason Kicked off September 28th for the boys and September 29th for the girls. And we're already to the state tournament, the state competition for boys and girls golf as they are playing right now. They started on Friday for round one. And then round two was supposed to start real early today, but they moved it a little bit because of the frost on the ground. So golfers are on the links on the greens driving All those golf luxuries right now at the beautiful Prairie Vista golf course in Bloomington. I've never golfed there. I've been there to watch golf, but having golfed there, a course that I would definitely like to check out. Let's start with the boys golf regionals. And if you didn't know how you advance is the top three teams and then the top 10 individuals that are not on an advancing team. So that's how we get the sectional qualifiers. And then of course, at sectional, you get your state qualifiers. So, boys 1A. Again, started Wednesday the 28th. All the boys regionals were that date. Eye Bluffs Regional. Burlington Central Catholic won it all with a 317. But Roanoke Benson advances as a team as they finish third with a 336. The golfers that helped Roanoke Benson... Qualify for a sectional. DJ Norman with a 70. Caden Harms with an 87. Jack Lehman with an 89. Nolan Hunter had a 90. Tucker Bond shot a 99. And Drew Gerrals a 104. Class won a Byron Regional. Rockford Lutheran won it with a 326. But Byron advances as a team as they finish one stroke shy of winning a regional with a 327 for second place. Newman had a 340 for fourth. Amboy came in sixth with a 331. Oregon's 377 gave him seventh. Hinkley Big Rock shot a 416 for ninth. And Indian Creek was 10th with a 435. The golfers for Byron helping them get to a sectional. Mason Brandt had a 72. Aaron Lorenz an 80. Charlie Mershon an 85. Brayden Baker a 90. Cooper Mershon a 98. And Davis Baker a 101. A lot of family in the Byron team. Individuals making it out of the Byron Regional. Amboy's Wes Wilson shot a 74. With 80s was both Kyle Wolf and Logan Palmer of Newman. Hayden Wittenour joined Wes Wilson as an Amboy representative in the sectional with an 86. And Indian Creek's Sam Genslinger shot an 88 to advance as well. The Class 1A St. Bede Regional. The Bruins won it with a 340 to be regional champs. Hall finished second with a 349, and Burrow Valley was third with a 353. All three Three Rivers Conference teams advanced to sectionals. Finishing fourth was Fieldcrest with a 358. Marquette was fifth with a 363. Serena Newark was sixth with a 364. With a 337, Midland came in seventh. The 337, Henry Sananchuan was eighth. Putnam County took 9th with the 378. Woodlands 431 gave them 12th. And Earlville finished 13th with a 438. St. Bede representatives helping them advance. Brendan Pillion, an 81. Jake Delaney, an 82. Logan Potthoff, in 88. Ryan Slingsby, an 89. Abraham Wiesbrock, a 103. And Luke Tunnell, a 104. For Hall, Landon Plym, the sophomore, had a 78. His cousin Grant Plym, an 86. Joshua Scary a 90, Jacob Diaz, a 95, Lucas Manriquez, a 95, and Cody Orlandi, a 105. For Burrow Valley, Cooper Balensleffen an 86, Wyatt Novotny, an 87, Seth Spratt, an 88, Parker Steer, a 92, Landon Birdsley, a 92, and Colin Stabler, a 96. Individuals advancing out of the St. Bede Regional. Camden Figgins of Serena Newark, shot in 81. Midland's Brett Smith had an 83, Marquette's Carson Zellers in 83, Lucas Bernardi of Fieldcrest in 84, Henry Sinanchuan's Carson Rowe in 86, Blake Ramsey of Fieldcrest in 87, Henry Sinanchuan again with Jacob Miller at 88, and Fieldcrest's third of three representatives Connor Richman with a 90, Serena Newark's Hudson Stafford also moved on with a 91, the Class 1A Watseka Regional. Prairie Central one with a 321. Dwight advances as a team with a third place finish of 354. Seneca finished 6th with a 371. And Reed Custer's 427 finished 12th. Dwight advanced with the help of Jack Groves, a 78. William Trainer an 83. Andrew Gartke, a 95. Carlos Castaneda, a 98. And Dawson Cars 101. Individuals. Eli Nagel of Reed Custer had an 85, Caleb Powell of Seneca, an 88, and also from Seneca, Grant Siegler, an 89. Those three gentlemen advancing as well. Sectionals were Monday, October 3rd. 1A, Bismarck, Henning, Rossville, Elvin. That's a lot of towns joining together. That's sectional. IC Catholic won with a 308, and Dwight finished eighth with a 362. Dwight did not have any state qualifiers. 1A, Illini Central sectional, Monticello at 327, Roanoke Benson as a team going to state with a 334, DJ Norman at 74, Nolan Hunter in 84, Tucker Bond in 84, Caden Harris at 92, Jack Lehman in 93, and with the 94 Drew girls, all of them help Roanoke Benson get to the state dance. Class 1A Riverdale sectional. Byron wins with a 3.25 to advance. Of course, won the sectional. You're going to state. St. Bede finished fourth with a 3.46. Burl Valley had a 3.65 for 10th, and Hall's 3.70 gave them 12th. Byron representatives. Aaron Lorenz with a 78. Mason Brand with an 81. Brayden Baker in 82. Charlie Mershon in 84. Davis Baker in 87. And Cooper Mershon a 98. Individuals going to state out of the Riverdale sectional. Wes Wilson from Amboy shot a 74 finishing second out of all the golfers. Logan Palmer from Newman, a 79 and Landon Plim of hall in 80. Like I said, state started yesterday and the golfers are on the greens, driving on the golf carts or walking, whichever they choose to do right now. October is here getting a little colder you can still do some stuff outside as long as there's no frost. As we just learned from IHSA state golf, there's a little frost. You got to stay away for a little bit. However, construction is still being done. Renovations to your home, still being done. And if it gets colder, okay, there's still things in the house that you've scoped out that need a fresh cone of painting, new tiling, new shingles, new drywall, new electrical outlets or any other renovations or replacements. Also construction, is a licensed and insured family-owned and operated company that prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty on any job. Brothers Keith Miles and Tommy Olson have the skills and over 10 years of experience, each, to install, demolish, build, recreate, calculate, and formulate renovations in any room, hallway, staircase, garage, shed, or basement. Pretty much everything. For a free estimate, call 815 815- 815 910 5982. Check out the Olsen Construction LLC page on Facebook or send an email to olsenconstruction19 at gmail.com. Class 2 Boys Golf Regionals. We'll start with the Burlington Central Catholic Regional. Marmion won with a 315. Sycamore was fourth with a 355. Col City was fifth with a 359. Morris 360 was sixth. Sandwich had a 378 for 7th, and in 9th was Plano with 544. Individuals advancing, and there were a lot. Liam Eber from Morris with an 85. Luther Swedberg from Sycamore with a 58. Also from Sycamore, Ethan Fisher had an 88. Cole City's Dylan Brown had an 88, and one more 88 with Noah Campbell from Sandwich. Sycamore's Evan Burowitz had an 89. Also with an 89 was Morris's Joey Lanahan. Ryland M from Coal City had a 90 and also with the 90, Sycamores, Matthew Luce. Class 2A Danville Regional. Champagne Central won with a 313. Pontiac took six with a 358. Individual Advancing, Michael Kuska from Pontiac with an 85. Class 2A Geneseo Regional. Geneseo won with a 321. Princeton was fourth with a 343. So Geneseo moved on. Princeton as a team right there, but just didn't make it. Streeter was seventh with a 366. Kiwani was eighth with a 405. Representing Geneseo in the sectional qualifying team Hayden Moore, a 77. Bryson Van Hoot, an 81. Todd Hager, an 81. Samuel Robinson, an 82. Connor Dilley, a 93. And Drew Kelly, a 94. Individuals advancing. Princeton's Jaden Eggers with an 82. Jaden Nambo of Streeter with an 83. Cole Park of Streeter with an 84. And two more from Princeton as Carter Patterson had an 84 and Tyson Phillips an 85. The 2A Mendota Regional. Ottawa won it with a 328. LaSalle Peru was second with a 348. And Mendota, the Trojans, were third with a 352. All three teams headed to the sectional tournament after the regional win and top finishings. Rochelle was 5th with a 368. Dixon's 370 was 6th. And Sterling was 8th with a 378. For Ottawa, Drake Kaufman was the medalist. The regional champ with a 76. Jonathan Cooper had a 78. Seth Cooper had an 85. Alex Billings an 89. Chandler Creedon an 89. And Jacob Armstrong a 92. For the Cavaliers of LP, Carter Fenza, an 80, Coleman Rundle, an 84, Drake Hawthorne, a 90, John Molota at 84, Noah Reitgraf, at an 99, and Mitchell Molota at 100. Mendota, represented by Drake Dennis, 81, Clay Buffington, an 89, Owen Augenball, a 90, Brody Hart, a 92, Kale Strauss, a 99, and Evan McFeeters a 104. Individuals out of the Mendota Regional. Dixon, Sterling, and Rochelle all having representatives. Dixon's Alex Harrison in 84. Dixon's Steven Kitzman in 87. For Sterling, Cameron O'Brien shot in 88. And Brayden Hartman in 89. And for Rochelle, Ian Metzger had a 91. David Warner a 92. This gets us to the sectionals to see who is playing right now in the state tournament. 2A Limestone sectional. Sacred Heart Griffin won. With a 295, Genosio finished fifth with a 322. Hayden Moore moved on to the state competition from Geneseo with a 77. 2A Sterling sectional. Vernon Hills won with a 315. Ottawa came in fourth with a 326. LP was ninth with a 352. Mendota, 12th with a 376. For Ottawa, Drake Kaufman, and Seth Cooper advance as they both shot 80s. Hey, Mendota, Amboy, Ottawa, Sterling, Rock Falls, and other local areas, Surf's fiber internet is more reliable and 50 times faster than cable. Get one gig speed and two free Eero whole home Wi-Fi routers for only $85 a month. No contracts and free installation at a price that's locked for life. That's right, the price you pay today won't jump up each year like cable does. We're expanding to more neighborhoods every day. So visit surfinternet.com to check your address or call 844-955-SURF for details. That's 844-955-SURF, S-U-R-F. Limited time offer, restrictions apply. Let's get to girls golf. The regionals kicked off September 29th, sectionals October 4th, and like the boys, they're playing in the state competition right now. Class 1A Aurora Rosary Regional. Wheaton St. Francis won with the 364. Hinkley Big Rock came in eighth with the 410. No advancers from Hinkley Big Rock. Class 1A Metamore Regional. Peoria Notre Dame finished first with the 326. Roanoke Benson was 9th with a 396, and Fieldcrest finished 11th with a 426. Lone individual from our area, Roanoke Benson's Summer Swearing Gin had an 86. At the Class 1A Rock Falls Regional, Geneseo, Kiwani, and Dixon all advanced to sectionals. Geneseo was 1st with a 382, Kiwani was 2nd with a 406, and Dixon 3rd with a 421. Also, teams that we follow. Princeton was 6th with a 4.60. With a 4.64, St. Bede was 7th. Borough Valley had a 4.70 for 8th. Weathersfield 5.41 was 10th. And Amboy finished 12th with a 6.14. Representing Geneseo, Keeley Roberts had an 87. Georgia, McCalvin 97. Addie Mills, a 98. Taylor Van Hoot, a 100. Olivia C., a 102. And Lexi Manthe, a 104. For Kiwani, Maya Marocha, a 77, Hope Pete, a 108, Eleanor Burkhart a 109, Aspen Shikwikreth, a 112. Wearing Dixon uniforms, for the hubs, Katie Jew, an 81, Reese Damman, a 91, Kiana Alati, a 124, Zoe Williams, a 125, and Sadie Barajmi, a 145. Individuals advancing, St. Bede's Gianna Graviti a 94. Kelly Schof from Burrow Valley had a 100. And from Princeton, Morgan Forrestal, a 104. The Class 1A Rockford Boylan Regional. Boylan won with a 344. But moving on to sectional was the Byron Lady Tigers with a third place 398. Oregon finished eighth with a 429 and Polo's 475 gave them 11th. Helping Byron advance was Shannon McHale with a 91. Ava Coltgen with a 97, Abigail Baker, 98, Gina Baker, 112, Sophia Cross, a 120, and Ava Crawl, 120. Individuals advancing, Oregon's, Ava Hackman had an 87, Polo's Cameron Stockton, a 98, and Lexi Davis of Oregon with a 102. The class won a Seneca regional. Prairie Central won with a 382. Advancing to sectionals was also Seneca, 2nd place, 462, and Dwight with a 3rd place, 467. Cole City was 13-shy of Dwight with a 4th place, 479. Sandwich was 6th with a 514, Plano 7th with a 538, and Earlville had a 551 for eighth. For Seneca, Shelby Walsh, a 108, Julia Hogan, 114, Addison Stiegler, 117, Jesse Bertrang, a 123, and Jolena Odom, a 140. For Dwight, Sophia Anderson, a 103. Isabella Danelli a 114. Mary Claire Phillips, a 121. And Ava Meester, a 129. Individuals advancing. Ella McDonald from Morris, a 96. Cool City's Kylie Kennel, a 98. Eddie Malger of Pontiac, a 101. Also from Pontiac, Abby Mattern with a 103. Earlville's Lexi Campbell had a 104. Indian Creek's Carolyn Bend a 107. Also with the 107 was Reed Custer's Michaela Wilkins and Melody Goldstein from Sandwich had a 111. Let's get to the sectionals. Class 1A Kiwani sectional to see who made it to state. Kiwanee sectional Boylan won it with a 332. Byron was 6th with a 393. Geneseo 9th, 399 with a 410 was Kiwani for 10th, and Dixon's 439 finished them 12th. Individuals advancing going to state. Kiwani's Maya Marocha with a 77. Dixon's Katie Drew with an 81, and Ava Hackman from Oregon with an 84, all golfing at state right now. Class 1A sandwich sectional. St. Vedder won with a 352. Seneca was 11th with a 485, and Dwight 12th with a 525, no advancers. Moving to Class 2A, 2A Belvedere Regional. The Belvedere Co-op won it with a 350. Advancing as a team was Sycamore with a 361, and Sterling was 9th with a 482. Advancing for Sycamore, Brianna Shawman an 80, Lauren Kohn with an 84, Alexis Morrow, an 89, Isabella Kirchman, a 108. Simone Bertrand, a 111, and Sam Maxwell, a 131. Class 2A Joliet Central Regional, Manuka won with a 330, Ottawa was 6th with a 371. Individuals Advancing, Ottawa's Hannah Dugan with an 82, LP's Ava Mirardi with an 85, Carolyn Cooney from Ottawa with an 87, and LP's Allie Thorne with an 89. The 2A Huntley sectional Sycamore finished 10th with a 384. Brianna Shalman moving on to state with a 79. Congratulations to all the boys and girls advancing in golf. It is tough. I have picked up golf in the last year or so. It is not an easy sport. It is very tough. And for some of these scores that I see, I know grown men, grown women that are not close to them. So congratulations to these kids sticking with it, doing their thing on the golf course. As a business owner, one of the issues you have to be aware of is injury and liability to your staff. An injury can lead to open shifts because an employee is unable to work, a possible lawsuit, and other grievances at the workplace. Sure Step Illinois is a woman-owned small business based out of Tonica that is here to help eliminate those injuries and liabilities, which are the number one, number one workman's compensation claim in America. Sure Step Illinois, is a non-slip treatment that will not change the look, texture, or appearance of the tile it's placed on, whether it's residential, business, indoor, or outdoor applications. The non-slipness has been independently tested in labs as SureStep has achieved the highest dynamic coefficient of friction in the industry. Competitors are slipping to catch up. There is absolutely no business downtime as the tile or floor SureStep is applied to can be worked on, stepped on, jumped on, danced on, right after the treatment is applied. SureStep by Illinois also offers strip waxing non-slip coatings for a little extra stick with some texture and look changes to the applied surface. Contact Mary Jane Orozco at 815-488-6565 to get SureStep Illinois today it's time for a real quick grab bag a lot of things going on have to touch on Tony Larusa steps down from the White Sox 78 years old played in the MLB from 63 to 73 coached from 1979 to 2011 took a decade hiatus comes back 2021 with the White Sox and was disastrous old man the game has not left him but it's changed And he didn't change with it because he's 78 years old. And that's just usually not how it works. Thought it was a bad hire. Continued to think it is a bad hire. Now I'm glad he stepped down. Enjoy retirement. Go golf. Go do something cool. Rest in peace to Loretta Lynn. Born 1932. Passed away October 4th, 2022 at the age of 90. Coal Miner's daughter was on our TV often as a kid. She is definitely one of the queens of country. She helped put lady country singers on the mat, no doubt. Rest in peace. Tua, the Miami Dolphins. Miami blew the NFL by storm. Start the season. 3-0 with big wins over Baltimore and Buffalo. And it looked like the Dolphins were going to be that Cinderella, where did they come from team. And then Tua gets hurt. Their quarterback, who everybody's been waiting to blossom. He could do this. He could do that. use uses speed. He's good. There was MVP talks. There was talks of him being a top five quarterback, which he's putting out the numbers for sure. But we didn't get to see him in enough moments, enough high pressure situations to know that he was that level of quarterback or if he would stay that level of quarterback. And now we may never know. A back injury Looks like it might end his career. He's not going to be back for the season. And they're saying career. Back injuries are hard to tell. Recovery processes are hard to tell. I'm sure Tua is not going to be like, oh, my back's done. I can't do anything. I'm just going to sit at home and eat a lot of junk food. That's not how it works. That's not how athletes at that level are trained. That's not what their brain tells them. And there's no doubt in my mind that's not what he's telling himself. So I don't... No, if his career is over only time will tell only time will tell but hopefully you know he's the best that he can be and he keeps his head high Tom Brady Gazelle filing for divorce Gazelle mad that Tom Brady won't give up football I mean once you love something you love something and you're gonna do it as long as you can he's still playing it at a pretty good level at 45 years old is he gonna drop off yeah it happens to every single person in the world he is going to drop off and Gazelle's not gonna be there I don't know anything else behind the scenes, in the house, how they relate, how they communicate. I don't know any of that, but wish them both well. Divorces, I heard, can be rough. LeBron James stating in an interview after a preseason game in Vegas that Vegas needs a team and kind of winks and says, Hey, hey, I'll be the one to bring it here. LeBron is a man of mystery in terms of what he can and can't do. I'm pretty sure he can do anything that he wants to. And if... Expansion of the NBA is something he wants to do with a whole nother team. I'm sure it's possible. He no doubt has the money. He's got the name. He's got people behind him that will partner with him. There's no doubt that he could get a team or do whatever he wants to anywhere. And I'm a fan of sports and a fan of you know going to games and seeing more teams. So if he could do it, do it. It'll be cool for me. And I always thought this guy was a scumbag. I always did not like Brett Favre. I thought he was a great football player. But there was just something about him I didn't like. I've said that my entire life. Now he is supposedly involved in a scandal where they took $77 million from the Mississippi welfare funds to build an athletic facility at Southern Miss. That's his alma mater. He's got much love for Mississippi, but he's taking for the needy a 10th program to fund this. That is ridiculous if it's true. Only court will tell. I don't know, but that is nuts, especially for a Hall of Famer who is looked at as a hero by millions of people all across the United States of America. Well, that's the grab bag. We talked about golf. We talked about football. We talked about the weather. Whew. It's time to listen to our interviews. Mac from Hall, Randy Tiemann from Hall, and Ryan Pearson from Princeton, all part of football programs. This is a football Saturday like yesterday was a football Friday. And after that, it's football Sunday and Football Monday. There's football everywhere, all the time. And Edge of Your Seat Podcast is right there. Until next time, peace! High school football season, always a roller coaster, always amazing things going on. We have two guests that we've needed to head on since even before the season started, but now that it's then going underway, we had to get them on eventually. Mac Resetich, senior quarterback for Hall, and Randy Tiemann, Hall football coach who returned after a two-year leave from Hall Red Devils. Now he's back. we got them both on. We're going to start with Mac Resetich. Mac, it's your senior year, and you're, you're doing your thing on the football field. I mean, it looks like this offense is kind of tailored around you and your game. As the quarterback, I mean the different looks that you're getting to, you know, fake handoffs for you to bust open, whether it's the right field, left side of the field, up the middle, seems like you're getting it all down as the season goes on and where your open looks are.
1: Yeah, it started off a little bit different. I never really played, like, a quarterback position like that, but, um, yeah, the offense kind of revolves around me. I can really do whatever I want and give it to whoever
0: I want. Now, I'm trying to remember back, because I've been following your career the whole time, your brother's... Chance Resetich and Grant Resetich have both been on this podcast. I followed them, their careers. I actually worked out with Chance, and you were at the Y when we were working out, and I think you were just a freshman or in eighth grade. Do you remember any of that? Uh, Yeah, I actually do remember that. I think I was in like eighth, seventh grade at the time. Yeah, I was working out with uh, Chance and uh, Anthony Buchanan, and I saw you in there. I was like, oh, this dude's going to be a stud, and I wasn't wrong. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... So you start off freshman. You were a quarterback, right? Because Grant had to miss some games, and you were the starting quarterback, right? Uh, yeah, that's how I started off first five games. And then your sophomore and junior year, you kind of bounced around from running back to wide receiver. Running back, wide receiver. I even went wildcat too. Okay, and then now you're the man behind center, or you know whether you guys do shotgun, uh, you know anything like that. You're you're getting the ball every every rip. Yeah. So just talk about the progression of what we've seen here. I mean, you go from a freshman quarterback who we could tell that you were fast. We could tell you had an arm, but you were also a freshman and trying to learn the game of football at the varsity level. And then we've seen you excel as a running back, wide receiver, whatever they needed you to do offensively. And then now you're excelling as a quarterback. So each year your game has changed and molded into what it is now. Just from your point of view, your. You know, what you've been doing, how do you see your game as it's, you know, escalated?
1: Yeah, so from, from freshman year now, is definitely my size. I definitely put out a lot of weight every year. I feel like I definitely have gotten faster and more agility. But yeah, just in the different positions, like wide receiver, running back, I've always been that. And then so senior year, I decided to just like kind of just do that as a quarterback.
0: How does it make you feel? I know it's your senior year. Everybody wants to have the best senior year possible. And it's kind of hard for you not to with you getting the ball every time. And the offense really, I'm, when I said it's kind of tailored around you, it really is. Wherever you go or what you do, that's what the whole Red Devil football team is going to do.
1: Yeah, I feel like the offense is kind of in my hands. Like, my senior is obviously in my hands. So, whatever I do, it's like I have to basically succeed in what I'm doing.
0: And after... Five weeks. We're headed into week six. Today is September 28th. I mean, you guys have had like a, I think I already said roller coasters, but a roller coaster year. Start off with a loss, get a big win, loss. You guys beat Mendota. It's kind of up and down, but it seems like as the weeks go, a Hall football team is gaining experience and becoming better.
1: Yeah, every week we have to get better, except was that. The Morrison was a big loss. That really, like, hurt us bad. Now I feel like we're in a good position just with a win next week, last week. So hopefully we just
0: keep on doing that. Let's talk about that Mendota game, and I pointed out Mendota just because 429 rushing yards as a quarterback and seven touchdowns. If I remember right, this breaks the record that Landon Bacato had for number of yards in a game. I mean, that's that's not easy to do, my friend. Yeah, well, when I get the ball, obviously, I don't want to get
1: tackled, so I'm really just trying to get as many yards as I can, and it just happened
0: to break the record, I guess. Oh, it just happened? You know, it just happened to be there, so I had to break it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, after that game, what was your, you know, teammates, coach, friends, family, what were they saying to you after, you know, watching that display?
1: Well, I was thinking I had a good game, and then everybody, one, of, uh, one of my coaches came up to me, and they were telling me oh, they think I broke a record, and then so the word kind of got around, and all my teammates started congratulating me and stuff. Yeah, it was just a really good
0: experience. You had to have been happy about that. I mean, you put your your mark on hall football. Mm-hmm. I never even really thought about it like that, but yeah, that could probably go down in history for a long time. Yeah, like I said, 429 yards in one game. That's a lot of people's full season. <laughs> uh... And then I watched firsthand, the game that I saw you play was at Princeton. And although you guys lost the game, I mean, one of the best plays of it was your kickoff return, where you just showcased what you were able to do with your speed, your field vision, and I mean, you just took off. You were off to the races as soon as you got the ball. Yeah, I kind
1: of wish I could uh, get the ball a little
0: bit more on special teams. Teams kick it away from you very often, don't they? Yeah. I mean, Princeton did it the entire game until just that one kick. They gave you a shot or kicked it wrong. I don't know what happened, but you got the ball, and bam, you were in the end zone eight seconds later.
1: Yeah, I kind of had a feeling they were going to do that, just being up that much,
0: just being a little arrogant. (laughs) So you're like, hey, I'm going to make you pay. Yeah, <laughs> And that's what everybody in the booth was saying Because I was in the press box And everybody was saying the same thing It was like Don't know why Princeton kick it to them Yeah, they're going to win this game And win it handily But Why kick it to to Resetich If you haven't been the entire game and Give them a free touchdown Because that's what you did <laughs> uh, Yeah, sounds about right <laughs> uh, You mentioned the Morrison game I mean uh, that was a very close one, if I remember right. Uh, you can correct me. Was it 36-32? 38-32. 38-32. There we go. I knew it was something like that. Down to the wire. And you guys, even though you know the Princeton game, different, but in every game, Morrison seemed like one that you guys really wanted to win, just came a little short.
1: Yeah, I feel like we should never have been in that situation anyways. We should have really attacked them early on in the game. But obviously it came down to the wire and
0: just fumbled the staff. And that's how we lost. During the progression of the game, you know, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, did you guys feel like you kind of had a a hold on it and that, you know, it was your game to lose, sort of, kind of? The first half
1: was, like, iffy, but the second half we came out, we stopped them, scored twice, that's why I really thought that we were going to win the game, and then it kind
0: of flipped again, and then over time, then we just kind of lost it. With the loss, you also had the... Everybody was calling it an upset win over Monmouth-Roseville. I didn't really look at it as an upset. Monmouth is one of those teams that every other year you get a different team. Actually, sometimes it's every other week you'll get a different team with Monmouth-Roseville. So I didn't really think it was an upset win, but I thought it was a great win for the Red Devils.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely a great win to get that first win as well, too,
0: because that really changed our, the spark in our season. Trying to remember what the score of that one was. I know it was close too, but you guys pulled it out. I think we we won two scores, I think. Okay, that works for us. You know, we get to approximates that edge of your seat podcast. We're okay with that. <laughs> Long as we know who wins and loses, that's all that matters. Huge win for you guys moving forward. That was week two, right? Yeah. So you had the loss to Orion week one, then beat Monmouth Roseville. Week three was the Princeton loss. Week four was at Morrison. Yeah. And then week five, Mendota. Yep. What are we looking for week six? Who do we got? Kiwani. At Kiwani. Okay. I just saw Kiwani against Princeton this past week. And honestly, this could be, you know, a 50 50 game looking, you know, at records and, and you guys on the field. Could be a 50 50 game in in my mind. Yeah, Kiwani's kind of an identical team to us, but I think we're more prepared think we can win this one. We've talked about all your offensive stuff and, you know, especially yards. You set a record against Mendota, things like that. But you're also a huge part of the whole defense. What are you guys going into, you know, against Kiwani looking at? I know they got a junior quarterback and I think his name is Brady Craig. Clark. Clark, there we go. I was like, I know it's a C. So Brady Clark, senior quarterback, and he's got some solid running backs and a wide receiver that can do things when they get the ball. I know, you know, your number one responsibility is making sure that doesn't happen.
1: Yeah, they got a kind of mobile quarterback, so we always have like to keep an eye on that. The running backs aren't bad, but yeah, they like to take the long shot down the field a couple times. We really can't let that
2: happen. So I really don't want to get burnt on any passes, and obviously that'll big games
0: on uh, on runs. You know, by this part in the season, things of your game plan aren't really changing. But is there anything that, you know, Kiwani does on a regular that kind of, you know, throws up an alert or something that you guys are prepared for? Nah, not really. You're like, hey, we're going to play our game and we're going to try to get a dub. Exactly. (laughs) That's kind of your mindset going into every game, isn't it? Yeah. I like it. I like it. Well, I got you on. I mean, you are a three-sport athlete. Also, play basketball, also play baseball. Are you continuing that your senior year as well? Yeah. So, you played all three, all four years of high school, right? Yep. I mean, that's not a, a huge thing anymore. It used to be like everybody played everything, and now, as you know, specifications and travel ball and all this other things, people kind of cut out high school sports. How important was it for you to be able to say, hey, I did three sports all four years of my high school career? Uh, that's really important because I really like playing sports, I like playing all three sports. I mean, I-, I couldn't really tell you which sport, I like the most. You're like, hey, give me an opportunity with something with a ball or a competition, um, and I'm in. Exactly. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, I hope to have you back on, talk to you through basketball, baseball. I was surprised when I reached out to Coach Tiemann. I was like, man, I have not had Mac on the show yet, so I had to have it happen. Yeah. Before I let you go, I just thought of something. I mean, just brought up Randy Tiemann's name. You were a freshman when he was there first go-around. He leaves for two years, comes back your senior campaign. How cool is it to have Coach Tiemann back with the Red Devils? That's really cool. I like it a lot better than what it was before. What does he bring to the game that, you know, makes it that way, where you guys want to play for him? And, you know, when that upset win happened against Monmouth Roseville, everybody's like, yeah, this is the Randy team and the Hall team that we know. Yeah, he definitely
1: brings more discipline to their team. He definitely makes the guys know what they're doing. And, like, uh, like to be on the field, they have to know what they're doing, obviously. So I like
0: that about him. Gotcha. He kind of cracked the whip a little bit? Yeah. He didn't hurt anybody? No. <laughs> just put some discipline, made you guys play the game a little better. Yeah. Perfect. Well, Mac senior with Hall. Right now it's football, but it will be basketball and baseball as the year progresses. Thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedule, your day to talk with Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Yeah, thank you. That means now we have to get to Coach Randy Tiemann. You there? I'm here. It is so good to talk to you again, just to let you know that. Thank you. Good to be back. <laughs> I told you this off the air that I was very ecstatic when I heard that you were coming back to the Hall, Red Devils. I covered you your entire career. Uh, when you were there the first time, when you left, I think I reached out to you. I was like, man, I can't believe you're leaving. Had you come on the podcast. We talked about, you know, things that you wanted to do outside of football. And hopefully you got to do some of those things before you came back.
1: I did. I got to go up and see my grandson for a couple of years. And he's a sophomore now. up there playing, still playing it was their decision for me to come back when I talked to my daughter and my grandkids. And they said, do it, you know, get yourself doing something. After my girlfriend had passed away, I was sitting around doing nothing but going to work. And Brian called me, and, and there
0: was an opportunity, and I said I'd be interested in it. And we went through the process. and that's awesome. And a uh, big shout out to uh, your girlfriend. I saw the things on Facebook. I know I commented a couple times giving you my thoughts and, and prayers. What was her name again? Andrea Kinsella. Yeah, I was really sorry to hear that. I know uh, you know you guys made a pretty awesome relationship. I saw you guys a couple times out in the Spring Valley area at events and stuff and she was always super cool. shook my hand, always a very nice lady.
1: Yeah, she enjoyed the football, too. She always wanted to be here on Friday night. So it's, it's different not having her here, but we got to move
0: forward. It's always easier said than done, but I know when you get back doing something you love, like I know your passion for football, how has been coming back to the Gridiron, back to the Hall Red Devils, not just any football team, a team you played for, a team that you had success with, you know, things like that? How awesome has it been for you to come back and be on the sideline?
1: It's been great. It's I mean, just trying to change the culture again and get people to buy into what we believe in and what, what we want to do as a team. And, and I think it's happening a little bit faster than I expected because they, they've had a little bit of success. They've won a couple games. And, and going forward, we feel like the rest of the season we have winnable games, so we just have to go out and do what we're preparing for each week and
0: do it on the field. When you guys won that game at Monmouth Roseville – I mean, second week of the season, people didn't think you were going to win. How did that make you feel as a coach to be able to, like you just said, maybe turn things around a little faster than you thought? I told our
1: kids all week that we were the better team after watching them on film and seeing what they did and how they blitzed so much and undisciplined. And we just felt like we were in a good position to win that game. Honestly, it was a huge monkey off my back to get that win. I know the first time around, I didn't get my win until, I think, week eight. And we only won one game that year. So I told the kids we needed to win one of them first three after that, after the third game we talked. And I said, I break the season down into thirds. And we need to win one of them first three to, you know moving forward to have a chance. And then I, I thought we should win three of the next three, but that hasn't worked out so far. But if we get two, we're still in good shape.
0: So you have four games left. We got Kiwani this week. Anything, you know, out of the norm, different? I know Kiwani's kind of taken a step backward from last year, had a great team, postseason arrival. Don't know if that's going to happen this year for him, but seems like you guys are, you know, on paper, and what I've seen, kind of even keel at the moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we match up well with them. I think we're, we're both similar. I like to think we do a few things a little bit better. We're in a good position to... To get a win with them coming off the Princeton game, they may be down a little bit. And I feel moving forward, that's an advantage we have because every team we play, the rest of the way out plays Princeton in front of us. So I guess there might be a little bit of an advantage there.
0: And who do you have left on the schedule? St. Bede, Newman?
1: We got uh, Newman next week, then St. Bede, and then
0: Bureau Valley. Gotcha. So ending the season, bang, 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 with Three Rivers Conference Mississippi Division opponents. Yep. Yep. Three in a row. Four in a row. You were just mentioning Princeton and, you know, the rest of them play them beforehand. So, we knew Princeton was going to be a tough team coming in. Did you think that they were playing at the level that they are? I mean, they're 5-0 and and they, they're they looking very, very tough in 3A right now. They're a good football team and uh, you
1: know, they, they told the kids that that's the level we want to get to eventually and that's what we're building for. But, you know, they, we have to get our kids to buy into what we're doing and, Coach Pearson's done that over there, and, and the kids are really football right now. They have an excellent senior class. They're, they're good in basketball also, so they have a lot of athletes over there right now, and they have some big kids. So yeah, they're they're
0: having a good run right now. You have said a couple times, you know, buy in. Your team has to do that. You know, after being there the first time and getting kids year after year after year to buy in, now you come with a you know different set of kids, a, a different maybe not a. Era generation, but you know, a few years behind. Has anything changed of how you interact with the players and how you get them to buy in and gel into you know the Hall Red Devil football program?
1: No, I mean, I think I, I talk to the kids the same as I did with other kids. It's uh, you know, you try to you know, take the good and the bad, and, and it took a little bit to get kids to realize that they really need to show up. You know, it was. We have rules, and, and if you're not going to be here, it's going to cost you on the field. It's going to cost you playing time, and and they found out we were serious about that. I think they've kind of bought in, and then they show up every day, and, and they go to work, and we try to get the best out of them for every practice, and, and hopefully have a great practice every day, which, you know, that ain't going to happen, but for the most part, we try to get done everything we can and stay on schedule and just try to get better every week right now.
0: So, like uh, Max said, kind of had to crack the whip just a little bit to get them to understand, like, hey, I'm for real. This is real football. I'm a real coach. We're doing this the right way.
1: Absolutely, and they got to find out we're serious about that. I feel like I have a really good staff. I have a couple of nice players have come back to help. Coach Filippini's back and Coach Hank's back, and they're doing a really good job with the offense and defense. I just feel like we're prepared every week and we know what's going on. And the kids aren't getting surprised by what happens on the field. Very seldom do we have something that's not covered. And if we do, it's something that we haven't seen. That's why. But they're doing a great job with the film and getting our. And we're all getting the kids ready to play.
0: And it seems like that all players are starting to enjoy it again. Not saying that, like, hey, the last couple of years football was awful or that Nick Greeny did it, you know, a really really bad job i mean he was trying to coach a football game, a football team uh first time as a, a head varsity football coach you know things happen kids everything's got to gel right to to be successful not saying that anything you know was crazy wrong but what were some things you know as you came back that you're like like you've said kind of get back into our program and make sure that they're doing the right things yeah i didn't
1: pay attention too much to what went on or even really ask questions about it. I just came in and said I was gonna do things the way I did it because we had success that way. And I just wanted to move forward and do the things that I do and, and the way I coach and the, the way that I want to run the program. So I mean, I, I know Nick was a first time coach and, and it's hard, I know that from experience. And he, I think he probably did the best that he could do. You know, that it is what it is. It's, he was in a tough situation, and he did the best he
0: could do. Definitely, and I agree with that. I I talked to him, uh, did radio interviews with him. We covered, or I covered Hall football last year with WAJK, did all that stuff. And, you know, he always had at least the right words and seemed like the right mentality to try to lead him the right way. So that's why I said I don't think he did an awful job. But first year coaching, a lot of things are changing. And last year, I feel the Three Rivers Conference is stronger than it was this year.
1: Absolutely. I I think the conference is a little bit down this year, but you got to play who you got to play and you got to do what you got to do. It's uh, going to go out there every week there because anybody can knock you
0: off, too. That's one thing I love about Three Rivers conference football. It's been that way pretty much since this conference has started. It doesn't matter who's on your schedule, everybody wants to beat you and they'll play their best game just because they want to beat you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean,. It's always been that way. And, you know, you overlook somebody. And, I mean, last year, Kiwani came he to Hall and, and almost got knocked off that night. Hall played a really good game and almost knocked them off. And it would have been a huge
0: upset. I remember looking at that score. I think I was uh, broadcasting an LP game that night. And I remember looking at scores and I'm like, Hall's going to knock off Kiwani. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. I kept saying that. I was like, man, that would be amazing. Because, like we just said, in this conference, anybody can beat anybody.
1: You can't look ahead. you got to take one game at a time and get
0: that done. Even seeing it with Princeton, not that they've lost or games have even been close, but like I was just talking with Mac, kick it to him, you gave him an opportunity to score, and he made sure it happened. And then it happened later on in the second half. And against Mendota, they had three fumbles in the first two minutes of the game. I mean, they shorted up, made sure they didn't make those mistakes. But if you make those mistakes at inopportune times, even Princeton can be knocked off. They
1: got to make plays, and they still got to come out to play, or someone will knock them off. And then they just have to be prepared. I'm sure Coach Pearson will have them ready to go after
0: that. I like that we can talk football and talk about all the other teams because uh, Three Rivers it, it is a lot of fun to cover. It's probably one of my favorite conferences because all of you guys are great coaches. All of the football programs are, you know, historical, nostalgic, and still good now. I mean. Three Rivers year in, year out. Yeah, it's kind of down from, you know, last year, a couple years before, but it's still good football. It's still worth watching and definitely amazing to broadcast and pay attention to.
1: Yeah, it's, it's good football. It's solid football. It's, you know, kind of usually smash mouth kind of stuff, but teams are opening up a little more now. You know, teams that have the athletes always did open up. You know, we had back in the day when we had Merkel and them
0: guys open it up too. All right, anything that I did not touch on that you want to add? We could talk about Matt for another three hours, but I don't want to do that. (laughs) Well, we could talk about him for a little bit because you and I didn't discuss him. So, coming back to the program, I mean, you kind of did get a little gift. You left a gift for who's coming after you with Matt Krasetich, but then you come back and he's more polished, he's bigger, he's faster, he's stronger, and it's his senior year and he's ready to do absolutely everything he can on the football field. And it's like, here you go, Coach Tiemann, you're back. Have this guy. Yeah, you know what? You know, I had him as a freshman and he started at quarterback for the first five games for me. Went four and one, you know, scored the very
1: first touchdown that year against Newman. He's very coachable. And, and, you know, a lot of people don't know Matt, don't know how he is, but he is very quiet. As far as speaking goes, he, he leads by example. He's just a great kid to work with. It, it, he really is. If you don't agree with your with, with what you're doing, he'll talk to you about it and say, well, you know, we should do this or we maybe try this. And, and we listen to him a lot of the times because he's out there and he sees what's going on.
0: So you trust his judgment or his input about what could be done differently or what could succeed and, and what won't on the field?
1: Absolutely. You know, he came off the other night and said, that we run, we run a certain thing with our running backs to replace their linebackers if they bliss, and they were blissing a lot. He said, hey, we run this, Texas, it's going to be wide open, and it was. And he hit Joe Trader with a pass there.
0: Like I said, that's uh, pretty much a gift when you're coming back to a football program and you're like, this guy is going to be better than how he was when you left him.
1: His work ethic is he's in the weight room all the time. He's over at the Y's. He's always putting in work. He's a great example so the kids can see where you need to be. He does that for you. He does it without even trying because he likes to do them things. He's a great kid to have on your
0: side for sure. Hopefully he's passing that on so when he's gone, you know, we still got kids in the weight room trying to be younger macrosetiches.
1: And honestly, that's how the program was built when I was here the first time. The seniors always set the example, and you hope you got that back every every year from the next group, and and we always did. And hopefully this junior class is buying into what our seniors are teaching, and they come back next year or come back in the offseason and set the example for the next group. And that, that's what we hope happens every year. And I think that's what every program in the state probably
0: wants that to happen. Coming back, obviously you said you had Macro but how many kids did you have coming back as seniors that you had as freshmen? Three. <laughs> Who are the other two? Hunter Meager and Joe Schrader. Okay, Joe is a running back. And Hunter plays wide receiver, and he plays corner, and he
1: would be our backup quarterback.
0: Are we in a situation at Hall where you pretty much got everybody playing both sides of the ball?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we probably got, well, I'd say at least seven guys going both ways. It's more in the line right now. But even that, we're cutting back. You know, we're hoping with, with the co-op that you start getting more kids and you can start playing more kids one way and giving kids a break.
0: But we're not at that point yet. I'm glad you mentioned the co-op. Putnam County becoming Red Devils with Hall. I mean, being that this is the first year and, you know, you're back with the program, what did you think about that with the two schools merging together for a bigger football squad? Because, you know, it's based off IHSA enrollment. So, playoff-wise, I mean, that could bump you to, like, 4A or something different because of another school attached.
1: Yeah, I mean, if we are lucky enough to get into the playoffs, we're going to probably be in 4A and most definitely be in 4A. You know what? you got you to set your goals and, you know, set for conference championships in the future and, and things like that. And if, if you get to the playoffs, it, it's just icing on the cake. You know, and, and eventually, if, if you keep the co op going and you start getting the numbers, that's when you'll start competing at that level.
0: Did you welcome it? Did Were you like, hey, this is a good thing? You were like, uh, eh, I don't know, and maybe kind of question the co op. No,
1: I, I'm okay with it. It's, uh, as long as we're getting the numbers, I mean, I don't think we can take that enrollment on it and get five kids, you know what I'm saying? But we have to get, you know, seven, eight kids class is what eventually we would want. You know, we're getting, you know, 25 to 30 kids over here. I mean, that's kind of where you want to be, at least getting started. I was really happy with the numbers this year, even though know, it's, it's mostly freshmen. But, you know, we got a a few sophomore, juniors and seniors sprinkled in there, and and I give the seniors a lot of credit because they really don't know much about football and they're learning, but they're sticking it out and they're staying, and and they want to learn and they understand the situation. So I I think it's been a good thing, and I I think the kids think it's been a
0: good thing. So we're happy with the the direction it's going right now. And that's going to be pretty awesome for them they're seniors at Putnam County at the first year that they've ever or first year that they've had football and bam, <laughs> they get an opportunity to play something that, you know, next year they would never have the opportunity to do.
1: Right, exactly. And that's kind of how I sold the upperclassmen when we talked to them over there. You know, I had one kid ask a question to say, would it be worth me coming out as a senior? And I said, well, you're going to have a lot of learning to do. But the thing is, you're never, ever going to get this opportunity again. So you can either be like all the kids in the past from Putnam County that said we wish we would have had a chance, or you have the chance, so take it. And I think that kid ended up playing for us, so it was a good thing.
0: That's awesome. How many kids did you end up getting from Putnam County for this season? Uh, 20. I think mean, we started out with 20 or 22, and we're, we, we, I think we lost two kids over the process that didn't make it through. That's actually not that bad. Those odds or percentages not bad at all. No,
1: uh, you know we we were happy with twenty for the first year of doing it. We just we hope the number grows
0: in the future. Yeah, because like you said, if you're going to compete at the four A level and with the enrollment size now, y- you you got to have those kids. Yeah,
1: and, and you know when you get to that level, you kind of want to go offense defense if you can as much as you can. So those are things we got to look forward look to in the future and try
0: to get to. What's good for you, I guess, with Putnam County is they really don't have soccer or fall things, so if a kid comes out and wants to play a sport, you know, football for, you know, certain boys might be a number one priority now. Yeah,
1: I mean we're we're hoping that it kinda of takes off and the kids that are playing for us are bragging up and having a good time and enjoying their experience. They're spreading that on to the kids in their school and You know, we have a lot of kids involved in the youth program, so, you know, hopefully that number will stay up and we'll get to
0: where we need to be. And sometimes you see this maybe more with, like, movies and TV shows, but when you get two schools joined together that, you know, play each other here and there, but not in the same conference, hall, a bigger school, things like that, was there any, you know, problems, animosity, anything like that, trying to merge the people from the two different schools?
1: Not that I noticed. I mean, I didn't see it. You know, we got them in. We got a lot of them kids over here in the summer for the weight room. And, and I, I think there was a little bit of camaraderie starting, especially with the underclassmen. You know, I think some of the older kids
0: knew each other a little bit. But I thought well. I know I was excited, kind of wondering how the enrollment thing was going to go. I uh, was glad that Putnam County was getting a chance to play football and to help Hall's numbers grow. I mean, sometimes you guys have, you know, a good amount of, players sometimes you don't and I felt like hey if they can get kids from Putnam County every single season they could be a powerhouse a potential playoff team before the season even starts every single year
1: if we start getting the kids and getting the numbers like I said you know it's just going to be a good situation I think and the kids are accepting it and it's going well
0: well, Coach Randy Teeman, with the Hall, Red Devil football team. I feel like I've drilled you enough on some football questions. I'm just really glad that you're back. I've always enjoyed talking to you. So, you know, I kind of had it made it a little extended conversation. We had a lot to talk about.
1: Yeah, we did. So I'm glad you had me on, and I appreciate it.
0: Always. I know I'll see you down the road. Probably have you on again, and we'll continue to uh, follow Hall football and, you know, continue wishing you guys success. Thank you, Brandon. I appreciate it. Brandon LaChance with WAJK 99.3. Every week before football games are actually played, we have our friend, Princeton head coach, Ryan Pearson on to talk about the task ahead. And we got Sterling Newman for week six, three Rivers conference, Mississippi division battle. I'll call it coach. This is never an easy game. I don't see how this year, this season, is any different. No, we, we, we
2: certainly know what we're up against. And, you know, we've got to travel, you know, on the road. And any time that, uh, you know, you go on the road, that, that just adds an extra element that, you know, you've got to prepare for. And it was tough. I mean, the, the defensively, they really impressed me, you know, as far as their, their athleticism that they put out there on the field, and um, I think they do a great job of getting a lot of hats to the football, and, you know, they're always going to play discipline, and, and that's one thing about Newman, you know, that, you know, those kids are going to be well coached and, and well prepared, so, you know, we can't take anybody lightly in this conference because as soon as you you know start maybe looking ahead and, and not preparing like you should, you know, that's that's when you're going to get beat, so uh, we know we're our battle ahead and, and uh, you know, hopefully our kids come out and, and play well and we can get out of there with a win.
0: Right now the Tigers are 5 and 0. Sterling Newman is 3 and 2 and you know you hear the record 3 and 2 with Newman you're like, "Oh, they can't be as good as they've been in the past." And that might be true, but that doesn't mean they're not a good football team. I think uh, you know when you have the you know, history that Newman does, winning state championships, being a perennial playoff powerhouse, you know, when you have a 3-2 and two record, that kind of downgrades it just a tad. But you as a football coach know that, hey, they know what they're doing.
2: You know, there's a lot of history and a lot of tradition with their program. And, you know, we thought that they might you know, start off a little bit slow just because of the fact that, you know, there's a, a brand new regime, you know, Coach LeMay took over this year for, for Coach Kretschmer and, you know, he's implementing a lot of new things that, you know, these kids are, are, are having to do probably for the first time and he's doing a lot of power read and, you know, different things with athletes that he has and, you know, each and every week those guys are going to continue to get better and better and, you know, I, I certainly, um, you know, they're coming off a great performance, you know, last week against Bureau Valley and they're that's high so I certainly know the, uh, the battle that we're going to be up against
0: with the new coach Michael May stepping in do you see anything challenging or that alerts you with the way that he's running this football team that you know may cause problems for the Tigers
2: well, in the past, we've always known, you know, Newman is is going to be a, a wishbone team. You know, that's what they were for, you know, 30 years, you know, under Coach Poposi. So, uh, Coach LeMay is, is bringing a, an additional element. You know, not only did he bring a, a, a new defensive scheme, you know, they were operating out of an odd front last year, this year, a majority and even front team. And, you know, they're, they're doing a lot more things with their quarterback and with the athletes that we have so that's given us a lot more to prepare for you know rather than, than just preparing for the wishbone now we've got to prepare for that and you know all the regame and and the spread stuff that they've incorporated and you know they've got good athletes you know the root kid does a good job back there and you know we certainly know what uh, type of an athlete he is and you know we've got to know where he's at at all times and and make sure that we get as many hats to the ball as we can but you know, certainly. You know, like I said, it's it's when you play a, a game in the track, uh, you can't take anybody lightly, or and that's when you know it's going to come back to bite you.
0: This time of the year, injuries start to set in. Anything going on with the Tigers where you're not going to be at full strength against Newman?
2: No, right now we're we're pretty fortunate. You know, we've uh, we've have kind of avoided the injury bug up to this point, so hopefully, you know, knock on wood, that that continues. And you know, the the nice thing. It's kind of a <laughs> double-edged sword. You know, we've been able to get up on teams pretty quick, and, and you know, that, that allows us to not only play our, our younger kids, but, you know, it also gives our guys rest and, and helps keep our kids healthy. And that's, you know, a tough thing to kind of balance sometimes because you want to make sure that you're battle-tested and, you know, you're ready to play a four-quarter game, but at the same time... You know the, the health of your players is, is extremely important. So we've we've tried to balance that as best as we can. But you know we're we're fortunate right now. We're coming to this game healthy.
0: Well, hopefully it remains that way after the Week Six contest against Newman. As always, Coach, thank you for joining us and go Tigers. This is a special pre-game interview at Mendota Golf Course on the phone with. Ryan Pearson, head coach of Princeton football. As we go into week seven, playoffs vastly approaching. And this game is a playoff tester with St. Bede at Princeton Friday night. Coach, I know this is a big one for you guys. Oh, gosh. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you, you hit the nail right on the
2: head with, with all of those sentiments. It's two six and 6-0 oh teams, you know, coming in, uh, conference championship you know, is, is on the line, and a lot of emotions, you know, going to be coming into this game because it's going to be senior night, you know, for our kids, and, you know, I tell you what, it's supposed to be cooler weather, and you, you just can't ask for, you know, anything more. Uh, we're, we're excited for the opportunity and can't wait to see what we can do.
0: Today is a very nice day. Mid-70s, you know, it's beautiful. It's Wednesday. In two days, it's going to drop down to the 50s. You said it's going to be cooler. How prepared is your team to play in those kind of weather conditions? Well, you know,
2: I, <laughs> I'm i a bigger guy, so, you know, those types of weather conditions are perfect, you know, for for me and, and uh, you know, all the linemen out there. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the skill position guys may have something different to say, but, um, you know, I, I think our kids prefer it, to be completely honest. Take the heat out, you know, if, if there's a kid that, you know, is, is a two-way kid, I think kind of prolongs you know, how long you can stay into a football game without having to take a break, and you know. But it's, it's at that point in time where, you know, if you're not conditioned enough to, to play, I mean, it's I don't, I don't know what else we could do <laughs> going into week seven. So we're looking forward to it, and I'm, I'm certainly
0: glad it's going to be in the 50s. No coach, no football player ever wants to have a turnover on the field, especially in a game against another undefeated conference opponent like the Bruins are. But the Tigers have experienced turnovers or big penalty yards and have been able to overcome them and get first downs and stuff. But against St. Bede, that might be a different challenge to do so, uh, you know, against a team like that. What are you, you know, talking to the kids about and trying to show them, like, hey, if we do this, put ourselves in a hole, we might have some problems. Well, we've we've talked about it quite a bit all week. You can't put
2: yourselves in situations where you're getting behind the chains, you know, either from, you know, a, a ball that you put onto the ground and, and you end up losing three or four yards. You, you can't put yourself behind the chains from a, a stupid off-the-ball penalty. Um, those things will absolutely kill you against a really good football team. And, you know, and that's what we're going to be up against on Friday. So we've really put a emphasis on ball security and, and just making sure that, Our kids are understanding where to go, so that way we don't get any of those silly off-the-ball penalties. But at the same time, you know, you just – we've got to try to create them, you know, at the the other end of the spectrum. You know, we've done a great job of, of, I think, winning the takeaway battle each and every week, and and last week we ended up having, you know, three interceptions, and, you know, I think Newman's quarterback only had four completions, you know, so we almost had as many completions to our team as as Newman did to his own kids, so I I think that's just a a great job by our defense and our defensive staff, getting our kids put in the right spots, and, you know, we're going to expect a a lot more of that to, to take place on Friday.
0: You just alluded to Newman in week six. To me, they were kind of a different opponent for you guys. If you look at Mendota, Ori, and Rock Rich, they were bigger, a slower team, more aggressive. Newman was the finesse, fast team. I think St. Bede is more towards the Newman squad. You know, after playing Newman, the fast opponent, are you kind of prepared for that? I know Brady, the St. Bede quarterback, is quick. He's lethal. Are you guys kind of more prepared for that than you may have been for Newman?
2: Well, I think Newman was a great test for us. You know, you, you said it. You know, they were quick. I mean, they didn't have a whole lot of big kids, but I thought they flowed extremely well. I thought they were very aggressive. You know, I thought that they were very assigned to sound. And, you know, we expect St. Beat to be a lot of those similar things. So I think playing Newman last week, I think, certainly helped us you know, prepare for, for St. Bede this week. But at the same time, it just it comes down to the old adage, and I know I say it probably, you know, too many times, but it's going to come down to turnovers, it's going to come down to penalties, and, and, and you're going to have to, you know, maintain the, the big momentum on your side. You know, and whatever team can, can capitalize on that, that momentum swing you know, it's, it's going to lead back to those either turnovers or silly penalties, and we have to eliminate those things if we want to have a chance.
0: I know Week 7 is going to be a fantastic matchup between the Princeton Tigers and St. B. Bruins at Princeton. Coach, as always, go Tigers! I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Brandon.